Welcome to Sports Central. I'm Rick Druitt. I'm Phil Fechner. Phil, I feel as though I'm about 500 miles away from oh, the Febby Theatre. <laughs> Last night, I've got to tell the listeners, I saw one of the great gigs of all time. Straight out of Scotland, the Proclaimers, 500 miles. I'm on the way. <laughs> That's the only Sun, song they ever had. Sunshine on Lee. Hey? Oh, I've never seen so many Scottish people in one uh, venue in my life before. Absolutely full it was, and it was a great show. Was going to be rude there, Rick, but I bit my tongue. <laughs> okay, okay, now let's we'll get, get on with some sport, eh? <laughs> <laughs> now, I think we'd better follow up. Um, the mid-season AFL rookie draft, and let's have a quick look at what happened. Well, that came and went. Um, it wasn't real organised. I watched it live on on uh, Fox, and uh, you must have a lot of spare time. Uh, <laughs> you know, my injury I've got, so I'm still injured. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that came and went. And How is the psychiatrist report going? Right? <laughs> no, physio. <laughs> oh, sorry, got the PHs yeah. wrong. <laughs> right, let's move on to this draft. Um, we lost five from South Australia. Yes. Uh, poor old Westies who are uh, nearing the bottom of the table, they lost two, uh, Noble and Snelling. Yes. Snelling was on the port list for a few years, yeah. a few years back. Um, South have lost one, Noel. Yep. Who was at twelve months ago playing reserves footy over in Victoria? Mm. Did you know that, Rick? I did not know that. Well, film. there you go. You yeah. do now. Yeah, I do. And Glenelg Glass, young Hosey, who is the leading goal kick in the SNFL, yep. and Port. Well, they picked up their captain in the SNFL, Cam Sutcliffe, yes. which came from Fremantle. So, and um, he's played a lot of AFL football. Yes, he's, I think he's played yeah. near 100 uh, AFL games oh, for Fremantle. Well, over, yeah. yes. well, I think the important thing is, as we uh, talked about last week, is the, the, the significance on the uh, second-ranked leagues, the Waffle, Sandful, VFL, etc. And... It, the prediction was, as we mentioned last week, that they were going to go for a number of younger players in recruiting that they missed out on getting in the pre-season draft as against ready-made replacements. And I thought I might just run this past you, Phil. Of the 13 players that got drafted, um, the average age is 21.7, right? Uh, there's six of those of the 13 who are actually under 21, and there's only three over 25. So the predictions that uh, they were going to use it to recruit rather than to plug up holes would seem to me on those statistics to have been proven uh, basically true. Um, I, I mean, I'd almost argue that the only one that was chosen, uh, forgetting that I, uh, you know I support Port Adelaide, that is a sort of ready-made plug is the Port one because he's got yeah. a, a, over 100 games of AFL football uh, under his belt. Even though those kids from South Australia uh, have uh, obviously got huge potential, I find it, and are playing very well, I find it very hard that, as we mentioned last week, that they could walk into an AFL side. Um, well, um, there's one interesting one, Rick, and I'm not sure whether you're aware of this, but Marlon Pickett. Uh, Marlon Pickett. Picked up by Richmond from South Fremantle, 27 years old, broke his finger last week, will miss the rest of the season with a broken finger at 27 years old. Well, Phil, maybe you could explain to me and the listeners why on earth you'd pick up a bloke who's not going to play for the rest of the season. Well, 
I don't know. I really can't answer that, to be honest. And he's going to be probably 28 or near 28 by the time he, he even looks to play a game. Well, the thing, and I don't, I know nothing about him. I bet he's related to all the other people. Well, I'd and... say yes. I, I saw, um, again, on Fox Footy that, uh, you know, he was running around there for South Fremantle last week and then finally broke his finger. But um, he looks like he's got all the skills of, you know, those Aboriginal yes. players. Have. Well, the, the thing, though, that uh, amazes me, and I basically, until you mentioned his name, uh, knew nothing about him at all, it seems to me that if he's at that good... It's very surprising to me that at yeah. 27, no one's actually discovered he don't is. I don't know whether he's even had a, a crack at the AFL or been on a list. I'm not, you know, I don't know that. Maybe but, he's um, spent his life playing in Darwin or somewhere. The other thing I did hear was Ryan Gardner, who was picked up um, from Footscray, the VFL, uh, by the Bulldogs, will play this week. Or what? a very big chance of playing this week. But, see, he would have been training with... Oh, yes. So, a little bit different. Yes. But so... Yeah. You're looking at these yeah. hosey, and then they'll, they'll, they'll be weeks away if they play this year because they won't be... Well, that's exactly what I said, and that's yeah. why uh, I'm I'm surprised that Port really went into the draft because, if, you know, as we said last week, if you haven't got uh, a few reserves amongst 44 players, I go, he. But at least uh, I would think that... Um, that the Port Cam would be able to go straight into a Port site if yeah, he wanted to. Evidently, his form in the SNFL oh, has been outstanding. Yes, yes. And now, just looking, he's, he's played 104 yep. AFL games yep. already yep. under his belt. So, so. so he knows what it's all about. And and I've got all the... I mean, I, I don't disagree with what you said last week, that it gives these young kids an opportunity to get into the system but what it does do is what about say you take west adelaide right they've lost two of their better players now what about the the, the you and i mums and dads that have signed up to be members yep. of west adelaide yep. desperately wanting to play finals maybe a premiership and uh, you find out you know, you wake up one night and you find that your two best players have been grabbed. Yeah, look, I mean, I can't agree with you more. I like the idea that it's giving someone a, a, a go over there, but is it giving them a go? Exactly. Are they going to play a league, yeah. uh, like a VFL, yeah. AFL game? Yeah. That That's the big yeah. question. I mean, Glenelg's the one. I mean, they haven't been in the in the, in the the uh, SNFL finals, uh, certainly not top for many years. Mm. They're going to lose their top goal kicker, the SNFL leading goal, Hosey. Well, I guess, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait for the second half of the season to see whether our prediction uh, or predictions uh, come true or not as to how many of these 13 players will actually play Mm. an AFL game. And I would be very surprised if it got past one or two. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And it's cost the club $70,000. I didn't realise that. um, to enter yeah, into it, yeah, yeah, seventy thousand. So I'm not sure how Port got on because they recruited from Port. So where where does that seventy thousand dollars go, Phil? Oh, be to the AFL Super Fund. I know. No, oh, no. no. I've got I bet l- I know where it's going. Not it's to- going for all those luxury lunches at Adelaide Oval <laughs> with no. all those catering gurus. Are we going back there again? <laughs> <laughs> That's where it would be going. They don't need a hotel now because. Oh. They've got the AFL having dining out on the seventy thousand oh, dollars. But they're spending so much money on uh, the AFL on um, on uh, doing uh, research for uh, concussions, aren't they, Rick? Well, it's interesting you say that. Well, so we've actually changed now. Uh, following on our discussion about concussion, uh, it's not going to go away. 
and I think it's very interesting that this week, uh, and I might just met, read a, a fraction to you, uh, that uh, the concussion campaigner Peter Jess yesterday accused the AFL Commission of being, quote, asleep at the wheel or incompetent or both. I love the word incompetent. I think it says a lot. Um, arguing it was in breach of its duty of care to players. The league declared a $50 million profit on revenue of $667 million in 2018, but has a minimum spend of just $250,000 on concussion research each year. That money comes from players' fines, so that the players are funding their own research. It means the AFL has a minimum spend of a single dollar on concussion research for every $2,668 generated by the league. Well, well that, that tends to suggest that they're not paying the attention to it that they need to. Well, I think they're better because it'll come back and bite them in the backside um, down the track, I think, Rick, because well, uh, as we know, Brad Ebert's in a bit of strife at the moment yes. as we speak, and... Um, uh, you know, someone's only got to sue them and they're going to need all of that money and more because they're going to get sued to the hilt if they don't do something about it. Well, or... it's, it's going to be interesting because obviously there's a sort of class action pending. There's a whole heap of, of ex-players um, sort of queued up with the uh, problems associated mm. with numerous concussions. Yeah. And... Uh, what you just said is absolutely right, and it, you know it's not much. There's no point them being like ostriches and putting their heads in the sand. It's going to come to yeah. a head sooner yeah. or a head sooner or later. You <laughs> like that fun? <laughs> um, Greg Williams one is one that comes to mind. Apparently, he's sort of lost memory. I mean, I have too. But... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise he got hit as often as he did umpiring. I mean, although I can I played under... a lot of footy before. I, I, I can understand why you might have with some of the decisions I've seen you make, but. but uh, um, yeah, so he's one that comes to mind that, you know, if you know they don't play their cards right, there's going to be a big lawsuit here down the track. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good luck to them. I mean, if they're not going to do their research and whatever else. Well, um, it's not going to go away. It's as it's not. as that. Exactly it is, right. It is not going to go away. Um, have we got a joke today, Rick? Phil, we have got a joke. Now, I know that you are an absolute fan of many of the Adelaide-based, you know, journalists there <laughs> <laughs> is the advertiser but it, but it is i don't know whether you've heard but there is a certain sports journalist who will not be named that it is said of him that he has such a high regard for the truth he reserves it only for special occasions <laughs> <laughs> and considering some of the columns that i've read some of these people write i think they do reserve the truth for very special occasions <laughs> very rare special occasions well, i think you're right there too rick but um what else we got got anything else well i tell you what i we have mentioned it before but there's the, the discussion about um kids playing junior kids oh, playing, yeah. yep. playing competitive sport, sport. uh Again, a bit like the concussion thing, it's not going to go away. And and this politically correct thing that, you know, you've got to wipe the scoreboard and they don't know who's... Well, young Johnny goals. might go home crying if they've lost... Oh, That's right. <laughs> but but I, I was uh, privy to uh, a conversation amongst a number of sports psychologists the other day and they came up with some really interesting discussions saying that, uh, you know, uh, taking the winning out of 
kids sport means that they're being robbed of life's lessons now yep. i couldn't agree more because no, I'm uh, i don't know about your life but my life's been a, a, a up and down winning winning and losing and no one wins all the time and you've got and no one loses all the time hopefully you win a few more than you lose yeah but we're not, we're not talking about a footy field we're talking about uh whether you get your driver's license or whether yep. you pass the maths yep. test now to create a, a situation where kids aren't experiencing these things you know some of the best things values can be learnt out of accepting to lose to a better team or a, a you know someone yeah. who's done better oh, exactly. than you on the day absolutely uh, and so uh th this concept of wiping off you know i mean the, the reality is that most of these kids would know if little johnny's kicked three goals or not anyway yeah, that's right they'd count so they're kidding themselves a bit um but you have to learn to be in my feel resilient uh, and learn how to lose gracefully, you know, yeah. not spit the dummy and throw your cricket bat at the tree when you've got out for a duck or something, <laughs> <laughs> as I saw my son do at an early age, and I suggested to him that not only would he never play cricket again if he did it, but he learnt. Yeah, now, I mean, it is. It's a life's learning curves, isn't it? Like with, you know, winning, losing. Yeah. Um, you know, as you said, passing a licence test or, yeah. or not passing a licence. You know, you get to, you know, feel that win and lose don't you well but, it's exactly i mean the whole of life is about winning and losing yeah. and accepting the good and the bad yeah and what and i for the life of me do not understand how anybody in their right mind can suggest that protecting young kids from actually realizing the truth that they've just lost a game of footy or marbles yeah. or whatever it is uh is just silly Mm. Uh, and I don't see any value in it. Trying to protect them from, from that is just ridiculous. I mean, they're probably on their phones anyhow, just texting each <laughs> other and playing some game on their phones. So, you know. Um, you know, I mean, I do think that, that it would be nice to think that kids don't constantly lose. And we've also oh, discussed on-air and off-air about... Um, and it's certainly not a sexist comment, but at the moment there are so many of, say, uh, good, and I'm only using this as an example, women's football leagues where mm. the, the, the balance is so ridiculous. I mean, I read in the local paper there were scores of 104 to naught in women's football yeah. leagues, not, not in one game, but in two or three yeah. or four games. Yeah. Now, that is no good for, A, the winners, or, B, the losers. No, exactly. You know, they'd be better off just splitting the you know the, the girls yeah, mixing, arrive, the girls mixing them all up and trying to create an even competition yeah. uh, because it as i said it doesn't do any good for the winners well, or the losers especially with something so new and young um you're going to lose people straight oh, away or sorry. girls straight away aren't you because they're getting threat oh i'm not going i'm not going to training all of a sudden and I'm not going to play and I'm going to go back to netball or whatever it is. And even for the winners, I mean, you'd, you'd yeah. like, even at the, at the breaks, you'd leave the forwards where they are so they become yeah. backs because otherwise, otherwise right. no one's yeah. going to get a kick. That's right. Half the team's not going to get a touch. Your back line won't see the ball That's for the whole game. <laughs> you know, 100 and something to, I think oh, it was zero, I think what, you, you were mentioning absolutely before. Absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, so well, we're I, probably just about up. 
time up, I, I reckon. Think, I Rick. think we have. Uh, we'll be looking forward to uh, uh, having a look at the uh, World Cup cricket coming yep. up and uh, the uh, women's uh, World Cup soccer. Matilda's yep. preparing very well. We might so, even review the local footy next week well, quickly yeah, for we a couple of weeks. Well, so. Because uh, they, they have a break uh, yep. for the long weekend. And uh, so uh, there's plenty to talk about uh, in the future program. So until next time, this is Rick. And this is Phil.